Hi, everyone. Hi. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And um, we just had an experience that is not paranormal, but you know what? We're just going to blame it on the ghost because we don't like to admit human error. Just kidding. It's specifically one Sorry, person's Sven. fault, and it is me. So, <laughs> Well, we are a team, so whatever you do, I do, vice versa. Well, we are, luckily, we weren't that far into the episode, but uh, we did realize that my audio was not recording. (laughs) But how appropriate is that? Because we are going on tour soon, and we've titled it The Cursed Ones. (laughs) What is this transition? Oh, (laughs) got it. I was like, where are we going with this? And in that moment, (laughs) I felt a little bit cursed. So yes, yeah, yes. For years, we have said we are cursed. But also, for years, we have been manifesting going live again. Corinne, you pointed out the other day that we, the last time we were live was, what, 2019? 2019, like three and a half years ago. Here we are again. We're finally going live. We have two shows in April. April 14th, we're going to be in Portland, Maine. And April 26th, we'll be in New Brunswick, New Jersey, my old neck of the woods, kind of near my hometown. And... We're so excited. The show theme. We're so excited. Is curses, cursed ones, us. We are the cursed ones. And yeah, come see us. I was, I'm so excited because as excited as I am to meet everyone and to do these live shows and black out and get off stage and be like, what just happened? I don't know. I'm also (laughs) very excited to explore Portland, Maine because yes. I've wanted to go for so long and it's kind of, I feel like I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be on the East Coast for you will. two and a half weeks. I'm so excited to show you Portland too, because so yeah. two of my good friends, Tally and Taylor live up there. And so I've gone plenty of times to visit them and see things. And I freaking love that city so much. They have, they have one time Tally and I did, we went bar hopping, but it wasn't bar hopping. It was like, we went to a kombucha, then we went to like a meadery. There's donut tours. There's the holy donut, which I'm for sure bringing you to. It's so good. And on the way up, we can also stop at in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and I can show you the Sysin, which is the very (gasps) first topic we ever covered on the podcast. So this is going to be so freaking fun. Oh, I'm so excited. Can't wait. What are the chances? Has Bigfoot ever been seen between Boston and Portland, Maine? You know, I don't think so. Are we going to be driving the path of Betty and Barney Hill? No, we're going to be... No, but we'll have to do that. But what I think we will do is we'll probably end up driving at some point between the shows, driving through the Bridgewater Triangle, which Bigfoot has been seen in the Hockamock Swamp. Okay. So... We're going for a swim, Corinne. Yeah. So if anyone, hey, you guys, all the Portland people, we're so excited to see you. New Brunswick too. We'll get to you in a second. But the Portland people, <laughs> we're so stoked to see you. I feel like every single time we have ever hinted at wanting to do live shows or done live shows in the past, everyone has asked to come to Portland, Maine. So we know it's a yes. quick turnaround, but we're finally there. We manifested it and yes. it, they were like, here, you can have it, but you can have it in three weeks. <laughs> we're like, wow. <laughs> yes, okay, okay, let's go. Let's do it. We can get oh, there. And also I'm going to take you, Corinne. I'm going to drive you past my haunted house that I grew up in. Oh, oh yes. The demon New house. Brunswick, New Jersey. It's your home state tour and it's very mm-hmm. close to Branchburg. where you grew up. Brantburg, New Jersey. Look at that. Maybe I'll take you on like a little tour where I went to elementary school, where I went to Middle school, when yeah. I went to middle school in Hopewell, and then I'll take you around to my high school. Oh my gosh. I love, I know that this is like just, it, it doesn't mean anything to anyone else but me, but showing people my high school 
gives me so much joy. Like if I went back by myself, yeah, it's a little bit nostalgic, but showing it to people I love, I just get so excited, even though I bet you're gonna be like, cool, Sabrina. <laughs> like, I don't really no. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna vlog it. And then I'm going to start a YouTube channel for you and you're not going to know about it. And I'm just going to secretly vlog and cut together all of your like the Sabrina life of Sabrina. I'll just be skipping between exciting things. <laughs> my, oh, this is where I got a concussion. This is where I slipped and fell on ice and I broke my tailbone. This is where my sister and I got in a really big fight. This is where my sister was possessed. Um, yeah, I'll just do all of that. I want to see where your sister was possessed. That's for sure. <laughs> so will. I guess this is a call to action for everybody else in the Portland, Maine, and New Brunswick, New Jersey, and surrounding areas. Please come to our shows. But also, if you have any recommendations, suggestions for places for us to go, yes, let us know because we're let this is our know. haunted road trip that we always talk about wanting to go on. We get to go on it through doing our live shows. It's a mini version. Yes, exactly. And that is also to say, I know that this is only two shows, and they're on the East Coast. We are really trying to hopefully get some more dates and more locations in the fall. So please stay tuned. That is in the manifestation process. I picture it like a manufacturing warehouse. I also just realized I feel like I'm yelling. Anyway, I, it's, <laughs> Me too. I, there's always an echo in the background because I scream while I'm we record. Excited. <gasps> um, but I picture it like one of those cartoons and there's a little like animated figure going doo, 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 and they put this idea doo, doo, doo. on the conveyor belt and then it goes into this like big very uh ominous type of machine and you see mm-hmm. things circulating inside of it and then poof, it comes out on the other side in like a nice little package yeah that's what i'm picturing that's exactly what we're experiencing it's like do you like this thing and if you say yes then I would assume our manufacturer <laughs> will allow us to do and create more of those things. So and if come you, to our shows. If you say no, we will fall into a pit of despair and cry and maybe die <laughs> and haunt you. No dying. No dying. And well, maybe I can't promise the no hauntings part, but I do know that everybody else here is haunted, which is going to be my yes. segue into telling everyone, if you haven't already heard our in-feed drop um, or seen it on social media, we're bringing campfire stories back. So excited. April 4th. We promised. April 4th. Before or after this episode comes out? It's sometime. You'll find out. I mean, you You do the the math. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes. Campfire stories. We have been promising. Whoa. (laughs) that we would bring it back in some way or form because we loved it so much and it was so fun to interact with everyone and hear your stories live. So we're doing it. April 4th, we'll be back every Tuesday, same as Campfire Stories, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Patreon. It's a Patreon exclusive. Yes, you can join it live on Patreon. There's a chat, so it's going to be very similar to Spotify Live. And then you can re-listen to it immediately afterwards. So you don't have to wait a few weeks for the episode that you spoke on to come out. It will just exist on our Patreon feed. Yeah. If you join our uh, lowest tier is the Devil's Hour Insomniacs for $3 a month. And if you join at that tier or any of the tiers above, depending on whatever perks you want, you will have access to this. So it's for everybody on Patreon. And we're so excited. We're so excited. Also, what? Speaking of Patreon, so you and I had discussed. Okay, so for our, sorry, I'm so snotty. So I'm going to be wiping my nose with my fingers this entire <laughs> video, and it's so gross. And I apologize, but you know, it happens. It is what it is. Um, for our only phantoms tier, we usually, not usually, we always do a monthly live on yes. there. And sometimes we do book clubs. Sometimes we read spooky stories. We play games. We do crafts. We we bake. I, I don't know. We, we bake. cry. I feel like that one, ba- we made cookies that one Patreon live and it was in the midst of my trauma treatment, which I was doing 12 <laughs> hours of therapy oh, yeah. a week. And I was just like, okay, You're deep I'm in gonna- it. 
this is going to be another therapy session. Make it 14 hours of therapy this week. And I just unloaded all of my emotional shit. And then you and I cried because of how much we love each other. (laughs) Yeah. I cried a lot telling you that I loved you. And then we were like, if we need to rename this crying over cookies because that's <laughs> what we're doing. We're sometimes yeah. overwhelmed by our love for one another. Yeah, sometimes the lives are silly and sometimes they're really emotional, you know? But we have we a silly really one coming up. We have a silly one coming up. We were super well, Sabrina, you can you can talk about it and then I'm gonna surprise you with something. Oh. Well, okay. I think we're gonna be together for this, right? Because I'm basically with you all of April. you're moving in yes i have claimed you for like a good two and a half weeks yes claimed so we're gonna be together we're gonna do a patreon live and i feel like this has been in the zeitgeist everyone has been talking about it the bot formulated stories and conversations so we're going Mm -hmm. to have the bots create ghost stories and we are going to read them and have a good old laugh or maybe fear of the bots taking over our jobs. Um, I don't know. So (laughs) we're going to read them on our Patreon live in April. Should we pick a date? Do we know what the date is? No, but uh, let's pick one right now so we can tell. Oh, okay. Sure. You want to? Yeah. Let's do it. So we can tell everyone? We could do it Sunday night, the 16th. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, we're going to do it April 16th at, should we do 8 p.m. Eastern again? Yeah, let's do it. A little late night, silly games. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, I think I said Easter instead of Eastern, but... um, Easter is also coming up. Easter is also coming up. And yeah, so we're going to go live on Patreon and... Yep. That's exciting. Okay, but here's something else that's exciting. Here's a little preview of some of the things we'll be able to do on this Patreon Live. So we got a email from Jordan Monsell, who, if anyone follows us on social media, you know Jordan, because Jordan is such a talented artist and cartoonist and has made a bunch of artwork for us before, like the Juicy juicy Couture Aliens from the Zimbabwe episode, stuff like that. Uh, And Jordan has his own spooky podcast, too. But he emailed us and he said, so this is hilarious. I just typed into chat GPT, write me a song sung by Bigfoot for the musical Bigfoot. Here's what the AI program wrote. So Sabrina, (laughs) you and I are not singers, but. Oh my gosh. You take the chorus and I'm going to take the verses. Okay, Okay, great. Ready? Do you have it? Do you pull it up? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. I roam these hills alone and free, the Sasquatch King, that's me, you see. But when the night falls and the stars shine bright, I howl at the moon with all my might. I'm Bigfoot, the forest keeper, the legend of the woods, a true believer. I'm a mystery to all those who seek, but I'm just a gentle giant, not a freak. I've been around for ages, never been caught. Some think I'm just a myth, a silly thought. But I'm real, I'm alive, and I'm here to say, I'm not going anywhere, I'm here to stay. I'm Bigfoot, the forest keeper, the legend of the woods, a true believer. I'm a mystery to all those who seek, but I'm just a gentle giant, not a freak. Not a freak, not a freak, he's not a freak. Not a free. We're off script now. <laughs> I may be big and I may be strong, but I have feelings too. I'm not wrong. I just want to live my life in peace and watch over the forest's trees. I'm Bigfoot, the forest keeper, the legend of the woods, a true believer. I'm a mystery to all those who seek, but I'm just a gentle giant, not a freak. So if you ever hear my call at night, just remember, I'm not here to fight. I'm just a creature of the forest's might, and I'm here to make sure everything's all right. That is amazing. Yay, Bigfoot! We need someone. Yes, Corinne, you and I are not necessarily singers, but we're not terrible. We can, we can put something together. We need a producer, someone who knows the music. 
manage, I don't know, someone who knows music and how to put things together to help us produce this because I, I, it's amazing. Who needs Lin-Manuel Miranda when you have chat GPT? <laughs> Which is also scary. Maybe we should have the bots write Bigfoot the musical and we'll just star in it. <laughs> oh, man, it would just, yeah, this is reminding me of like 2007 YouTube, just like really low production value, just like, like the most silly I'm corny. Bigfoot. The forest keeper, the legend of the woods. <laughs> I feel like that's very Phantom of the Opera. Um, it is. That was good. You could play Bigfoot. I'll play the lover. <laughs> Are you a soprano? What's that? Is that meaning that's high, a higher? higher? Yeah. And then because I'm an alto. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm high. Oh, <laughs> wait, that sounds so wait. That's oh my god, I'm flustered. That sounds like the beginning of that sea shanty that goes like, Oh, oh. I can't even get that oh. low, but like, we need you to sing shanties now. This is so good. <laughs> I feel like I can't musical. Make- it's gonna be Sabrina at sea. <laughs> Sabrina's shanties. You'll play the mermaid. Ooh, a mermaid with a really deep voice. (laughs) (laughs) Love me. (laughs) I'm just picturing like the captain being like, "Cover your ears, boys. There's sirens in these waters." And then everyone's there's just like beautiful singing off in the distance. <laughs> that's not beautiful but and you I'm get like, the gist and then all of a sudden oh, it's like one mermaid's like, <laughs> whoa <laughs> who is that <laughs> okay i have a pitch bigfoot sea shanties it's bigfoot trying it's okay it's reverse little mermaid it's bigfoot wanting to be a mermaid <laughs> <laughs> this this is so good i'm super into this i love it so much okay it's also reminding me of the house bunny you know how yes <laughs> that's a rarity and that one actress with her deeper voice she's like just gonna drop some logs off or dr- drop some kids off at the pool just blow it <laughs> off my logs like just like Anna Ferris, talking about right? the- yeah i love her Anna, sabrina <laughs> how she remembers everyone's I'm name i'm allergic to erythromycin wait you sounded just like her thank you <laughs> this has been impression corner with grin i'm impersonating bigfoot and sea shanties and you are anna ferris <laughs> and okay, um, we are a ghost podcast so. i know i don't think i even introduced this grin sabrina hey hey <laughs> it's pouring rain here Okay, hi. Um, I want you to speak the rest of this episode like that. Just me speaking weird things. Oh, hello there. Mama. Like every time you talk about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry for putting you all through this. Hi. We're going to get into ghost stories. Ghost stories. Ghost stories. Oh, man. I feel like in the rain, this is like the most perfect atmosphere yeah it is and i think we had a lot of fun at the top of the show i'm gonna bring us down oh great i'm gonna give trigger warning right now for suicide that is a theme throughout this entire episode so the trigger warning is at the top because it's gonna be the whole thing okay i also want to provide some credit to faxcology.com i did use plenty of sources to supplement the research, but they had a great amount of information. So I leaned a bit more heavily in their direction. Okay. Sabrina. Corinne. What if I told you music could kill you? I think I'd believe it. Yeah. I mean, for many people listening, maybe you're like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit confused. Maybe you're saying that's hogwash or perhaps you're saying like Sabrina, that seems totally possible or maybe you heard us sing the bigfoot song and you're like oh now i absolutely understand how music could kill you 
Totally, right? <laughs> yeah, there's just some haunting vibrational tones that just irk you the wrong way, right? And just suddenly you feel cursed. And also it's one of those things too, where I think we grew up hearing about like subliminal messages and songs and could these things be placed? And so there's a lot that that conspiracy-wise is could be scary about songs and the music industry itself is pretty superstitious. And there's so many conspiracies, like the music, is it the Beatles or Stones? It might be Stones, where if you play the song backwards, it has a demonic message. Yeah, yeah, I remember... Or was it, was that Kurt Cobain? I, I bet there were a bunch. Here's the thing. There, I think there's so many of them. I think there's like, Joan Jett has a cursed song or, you know, there's so many mm-hmm. different different ones. But there is a particular song that people thought perhaps maybe put people in a trance, maybe attempted to steal their souls a bit, planting ideas into their heads, an idea to harm themselves. And now knowing that that is a possibility, would you really be tempted to listen to that song? No. This is a question many people have asked themselves for decades because there's a song that does all of that. Its lyrics consume you and it makes you want to die. This is the curse of Gloomy Sunday. Why do I feel like I've heard of this before? Here's the thing. I think so many people have heard this song because it has been covered by hundreds of artists. It is all over. It's used in music soundtracks. You probably heard it. And so is every rendition of it supposed, like said to be cursed? I think so. There's a few that are, I think, more heavily cursed. And we'll talk about it. So this is both fact and legend, and we'll identify some of the facts as we go. I'm going to tell you mostly the legend, and then we'll break it down and figure out what what's real and what is lore. 90 years ago, in 1933, which is crazy, 90 years ago, wow. a Hungarian pianist in Paris, and there's some discrepancies in the lore. Some people say it's Budapest, some people say Paris, but there was this Hungarian musician, composer, pianist named Resho Sharesh. And I know I butchered that Hungarian pronunciation, but I'm just going to call him Resho for the rest of the time. He was experiencing a little bit of a life crisis. He was super passionate about music and he wanted nothing more than to be a super successful musician. He had composed so many different songs, all of the sheet music, and time and time again, he would bring it to buyers and his music was just constantly rejected. So he couldn't sell his songs and he started to begin to, I guess, second guess himself, you know, wonder if this maybe wasn't the right path. I feel like you've been doing a lot of artists who have struggled. That's been your theme lately. Oh yeah. Cause I just did Hilma. I don't know. Am I identifying with a struggling artist? I don't (laughs) (laughs) know. I don't have that talent. You are, just in a different way. If I lived somewhere else, I wouldn't be struggling, you know, like another country. (laughs) (laughs) What What would that have to do with anything? Money. It's so expensive here. (laughs) I'd live free. Okay. But he was super passionate and that passion started to dwindle. And even his girlfriend was starting to urge him to find something a little bit more stable. You know, like, why don't you find a factory job? Why don't you find an office job? Why don't you do something a little bit more nine to five? And he was, I mean, that caused a ton of pain for him. He was super upset by that. He was just, it, it was hard to, the thought of leaving music and that he believed in himself when it seemed like no one else did. It felt super isolating and he began to question, is everyone else right and I'm wrong? It, can I not make my dream my dream? Am I not good enough? That's super heartbreaking. And that is exactly yeah. what was happening to him. So he was in this super low place and sat there in silence at his piano, looking out his window in contemplation when his hands began to flow over the piano. They strung together notes of anguish and deep pain in the song flowed out of him. He wrote lyrics about the despair caused by war, the sins people commit, the blood on everyone's hands. And he named the song, and I'm going to butcher this pronunciation again, 
but it's Berge al Vlagnac, which translates to the world is ending. Oh, oh, okay. Days later, he played the song for a publisher, and this publisher was like, ah, I'm actually pretty impressed, but this is super dark. All of the lyrics just speak of hopelessness. Like, what the heck, man? This is so, so depressing. Been there. I'm in a pass. I don't think people want to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you have to have a little glimmer of hope in there, right? But he brought it to another publisher, and that publisher was like, I'll give this a chance. This sounds this sounds good. I think this could go somewhere. So Rochot finally had a song published for all of France to hear, or potentially, if he wasn't in Paris, Hungary to, to hear. Later, a Hungarian poet named Lajzo Javor went to Resho and asked if they could work together and update the lyrics. And this is, you know, like within the first year that he had put out this song. And so he was like, yeah, I mean, sure. Like it, it was successful, but it wasn't, you know, a huge smashing hit like Risho really wanted. So he was super open to a change in what the song was conveying. And so this poet changed the song lyrics and morphed the song more into a song about a person who wants to die by suicide after their lover passes away. Oh, oh my gosh. And this song was renamed Sad Sunday. A year after that, so now just two years after Rousseau originally wrote the song, he sold it with these new lyrics to a Hungarian singer, Pal Kalmar, who at the time was super popular. Like, I am picturing this as he gave the this song to Billie Eilish. Ah, love her. Thank you for putting it in that context. Totally. Yeah, someone who was going to sing this song and everyone was going to, like, hear the pain, hear the heartache, really feel the lyrics by the way it was sung. And they renamed this song Gloomy Sunday. A year later, it's translated to English and it's sung by other artists around the world being tweaked ever so slightly in the lyrics. And then just a few years after that, Billie Holiday, she recorded a version of Gloomy Sunday, which is the most listened to version now of the song and likely the song you've heard. Oh, okay. Maybe that's how I've heard it. Oh my God. What was that? (gasps) That's thunder. I just didn't know. (laughs) Wait, that is so loud. That's dark. Did you see how much I jumped? Yes. Yes. I had like a, I had a little. I didn't shake, but I had, I even had a little ping in my stomach because that came <laughs> through my speakers pretty loud. This is Sabrina. I'm worried for you. Can you not live in California? I'm so scared it's going to break off into the ocean, and you're just going to. I'm kind of down for that. Not to become a siren, but I'm down for like living on an island, island life, baby. Oh, I was thinking more like it's going to sink. <laughs> you're going to become Atlantis. Honestly, Boston's sinking too. So. Here's the thing about Boston. I don't understand what they're going to do. They keep building all of these new buildings, but almost every single building is supposed to be underwater and flooded within the next 20 to 50 years. I'm like, are we just going to create a giant ass 30 foot tall concrete barrier and everybody who once had ocean view is now concrete view? Like what? What's (laughs) happening? I don't know. I don't know. They got some things to figure out. Anyhow. Anyway, I'm going to, I feel like I'm going to continue to be spooked by the thunder. I haven't heard thunder in LA. Yeah. Uh, Maybe ever. Like ever. Yeah. Well, how appropriate that we're speaking about a gloomy Sunday, dark song curse while it's thundering. You get to hear all of this gloominess. Yeah. Okay. So Billie Holiday, she recorded a version of this song that became super, super popular. A bunch of other famous singers were singing Risho's song, and he finally achieved the success that he wanted. But with this song, a curse was born. The song was soon nicknamed the Hungarian Suicide Song. The song spread in popularity across Europe, and people sang the lyrics. They felt the lyrics, and some people died because of the lyrics. This song became dangerous. As the song grew, so did the number of calls to the police. People were dying by suicide, and it was because they listened to this song. Oh. 
there was a live music performance just outside of Budapest and this song was sung. And I'm, I found some discrepancies in the lore here. So I'm not sure if this is two people that were at the concert or if this was just two people who were listening nearby, but two men had died uh, via gunshot by suicide while that was being performed. And that same night, police received several other... It's so sad. I mean, that's why I gave the warning at the top. It's all about suicide. And we're not really going to be brought up here. This is going to be a dark, dark story. So that very night, police received numerous calls from all over, finding people passed away in their homes, often standing next to their gramophone, which was a record player, and others were found in the river, drowned with wet sheet music still clutched in their hands. Oh my gosh. The common thread was the song, Gloomy Sunday. And now the lines are blurred a bit between which deaths are factual here and which ones have been added to the legend of this cursed song. But regardless, some people very much did pass away and newspaper articles wrote about it and and basically proved it. So as much as there n- might not be hundreds of people who died because of the song, there were a few people that died while listening to the song or quoting the song. So for a period of time, authorities didn't quite make the connection as to why there was this increase in suicide. So it was just a few days after this concert and people, the authorities were like, oh, oh my gosh, there was such an influx of suicides. What, what the hell is happening? But I will also remind everyone that this was during the time of the Great Depression. And in Hungary specifically, there was a bit of a fascist movement, hence why the song was originally written about the war and despair Mm. in Hungary. But still, the authorities were a bit perplexed and confused. They weren't sure what was happening until they discovered the catalyst while investigating the death of a shoemaker named Joseph Keller. Next to Joseph's body was a note. Joseph had quoted the song Gloomy Sunday in his suicide letter. Oh. And then with those clear lyrics in front of them, the police, they start to look back from, at the deaths from a few days before and all of those people laying dead next to their record players, all of the deceased people in the river with music sheets on them, and the time of deaths all lined up. It was because the band in Budapest was playing Gloomy Sunday and people were playing those records and reading along to sheet music and taking in that song on that particular day. Gloomy Sunday had been the last song these people heard. Do you have the lyrics? Are you going to share the lyrics with us? I will. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's interesting. Like I feel as if we as a society you know, everywhere in the world as, as a earth, we want to understand things that seem indescribable or unexplainable. Mm -hmm. And so it would be understandable how there'd be this like idea to latch onto and right. People are dying. Something must be cursed. Yeah, exactly. It's easier than understanding And acknowledging all of the the pain people are feeling and what they're going through. Totally. But in the legend, after making this connection, they quickly moved to ban the song. But this only made people want to listen more. A cursed song? I gotta hear this, right? You know, it's Mm -hmm. the, here's a button, do not press. Well, what if I press it? And so the song grew in popularity and so did the number of deaths. And legend says the number of deaths rose and rose, moving across Europe and into the United States, claiming the lives of hundreds of people. In Germany, a shoemaker died by suicide and was found with the sheet music underneath her feet. An 80-year-old man played this song and leapt from his seven-story window. A 14-year-old girl drowned while gripping onto the sheet music. In Rome, an errand boy was passing by a man on the street who was asking for money, and the man had been humming Gloomy Sunday. The boy suddenly entered a trance, gave the man all of his money, and leapt into the river to his death. In Michigan, a 13-year-old boy died by suicide with the lyrics in his pocket. In New York, a student died via gunshot while listening to the song. In London, a woman downed a lethal amount of drugs while listening to the song. And so then BBC 
in the UK banned the radio from playing the song and other cities followed suit. I mean, better safe than sorry, right? Right. Totally. Like, I can completely understand why they wouldn't want to do that. And I did some of, in some of the, it's hard when it's legend and lore added into to facts because sometimes right. it's hard to differentiate between what's factual and what's not. But um, in many of the articles, there was information alluding to the fact that basically it was banned from being played over the radio, but the live performances weren't always necessarily banned. So it was just more of like a broadcasting things at times. But even that being said, the the legend says that BBC banned the radio from playing the song and other cities did too. And that a lot of people and cities and states and provinces, it kind of, it depended on the area and some of them did ban it from being played at all, ever. Mm-hmm. But banning these songs or trying to place restrictions on this song only acted as a band-aid to the problem. Was the song encouraging people to end their lives? Or was this song sought out by those who were suffering? In 1937, a man in Indianapolis paid a musician to play Gloomy Sunday at the bar that he was at. The police were nearby, and legend goes, they heard the music, they rushed to the scene and stopped the performance. And they found that this man who had paid the musician was seated there with a beer in front of him that he was drinking, and that beer was a beer that he had poisoned. So he had been trying to listen to the song while ending his life in the bar. So then it sounds like not only does this curse exist or believed curse exist, now people are listening to that song. Like it's, it's hard to differentiate which thought comes first. Right, exactly. It, it, I mean, for lack of a better way to describe it, because this is an awful way to to describe it, but it, it feels yeah. like an anthem for people who mm. at that time were contemplating ending their lives and felt comfort in knowing that those feelings weren't like others felt them, you know, like it was a song that, that clearly understood how they felt, but it didn't stop them from feeling isolated. It didn't give them that yeah. That moment of being like, oh, well, the artist and other people who listen to this song, like maybe I'm not alone. Instead, it it made them feel a little bit more comfortable and confident in their decision to leave this world. Yes, it was horrible, horrible. So all of these things start happening within the first few years of this song being shared. It was, you know, it took two years for it to be a major hit. And then within a very short amount of time within just a few years. Like there is just a high number of suicides and rumors about the song, the curse of gloomy Sunday. And clearly the lyrics are striking a chord with people, but it is leading them to these terrible things. But despite the number of deaths and the evidence that the song maybe shouldn't be played, at least at this time, Billie Holiday recorded her version of the song, and her version then became the most famous version of the song ever recorded. I'm going to read you the lyrics to the song right now. Okay. The lyrics have morphed many times, so you can find online some variations of the song. And even Billie Holiday added some additional lyrics. I'm going to read her version because it's the version that's most listened to. But if you do not want to listen, listener, whoever's all the phantoms out there, you can skip ahead about 60 seconds when I tell you in in a few moments Okay. if you don't want to hear them. But like I mentioned earlier, so many artists have covered this song. You've likely already heard it and just didn't know. The last time I could see that it had a cover was in 2021. So all the way up until basically today. Children have covered it in their auditions and performances on X Factor. Orchestras have covered it in movie scenes. So you might be listening to a movie score and have no clue that what is happening in the background is actually this cursed song singing to you. It's probably better that you don't know, right? And maybe it's yeah. maybe yeah. the older version that it was closer to the original Maybe. I mean, but Billie, Billie Holiday recorded, I think it was only like five or six years after it was written. Um, so mm. a lot of people heard her version and this was still happening. All of these suicides were happening even when she had recorded and published hers. Mm. 
Okay. Um, Sad. Many other artists like Ray Charles, Etta James, Sarah McLaughlin, Bjork have all recorded covers of the song. So you've likely heard it. You just don't know it. Maybe it's on your moody Sunday playlist <laughs> <laughs> and you just didn't realize. Um, so I don't think we need to be afraid of this song. But I also yeah. appreciate when people have a good, healthy superstition. So I'm going to recite the lyrics now. So skip forward if you do not want to hear them right now. Sunday is gloomy. My hours are slumberless. Dearest the shadows I live with are numblet. Dearest the shadows I live with are numberless. Little white flowers will never awaken you. Not when the black coach of sorrow has taken you. Angels have no thoughts of ever returning you. Would they be angry if I thought of joining you? Gloomy Sunday, gloomy is Sunday. With shadows I spend it all. My heart and I have decided to end it all. Soon there will be candles and prayers that are said I know. Let them not weep. Let them know that I'm glad to go. Death is no dream, for in death I'm caressing you. With the last breath of my soul, I'll be blessing you. Gloomy Sunday, dreaming, I was only dreaming. I wake and I find you asleep. In my deep of, in the deep of my heart here, darling, I hope that my dream never haunted you. My heart is telling you how much I wanted you. Gloomy Sunday. Oh, sad. So sad. You know, it's, um, I don't know if anyone saw my face in the middle of that when you're reading it as you're reading classical music started to play somewhere around me and i'm pretty no. sure my, my neighbor is um listening to the radio or something but it, it was the timing was a bit spooky that is so scary that's so spooky <laughs> oh gosh Ugh, the soundtrack <sighs> in in my uh home today for this episode. I know thundering classical music. Yeah. You're really <laughs> feeling this song right now. And I'm freezing. Oh man. Yeah. Well, I'm sure a lot of people back in the day listening to this were feeling kind of similar things to you and, and noticing things around them that maybe felt like signs that this, this was a good idea. This is the way that uh. they should go. And it's not. If you are someone who is thinking that, we can assure you, you are much better here with us. And there are so many resources. Yes. And I'm going to say some of the resources at the end of this episode and link them in the show notes as well. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. You're not alone. We love you. You are not. And if I hear that you've been thinking about something I don't want you to do, I'm going to visit you in your sleep and I'm going to tickle your little toes. You don't want that to happen, so you got to stay here. <laughs> By 1945, 12 years after the initial creation of the song, it was said that over 200 deaths worldwide were attributed to Gloomy Sunday. It was the Gloomy Sunday song curse, and the composer himself, Rechaud, acknowledged this. He said, quote, I stand in the midst of this deadly success as an accused man. This fatal fame hurts me. I cried all of the disappointments of my heart into the song, and it seems that others with feelings like mine have found their own hurt in it. Oh. Eventually, Rousseau, too, fell victim to his own cursed song. Oh, that's so sad. It is said that he sought out his former lover, but in his search for her, he found that she had died. A after the fact? After he had written the song? Yes. Yes. So he went back looking years later, looking for his lover. And it was told to him that when she was found, a piece of paper was found next to her and she had written just two words, gloomy Sunday. <gasps> oh my gosh. This is, I don't even know. It's Shakespearean level I know. tragedy. It is. Wow. Just after his 69th birthday, Rousseau jumped from a window and passed away. A terrible, tragic curse, but is it real? This curse is unsurprisingly, and hopefully maybe this is where we'll, we'll get slightly a little bit of light coming to us here. It's a little bit of a legend. So 
There are a lot of facts in here that add to that. You know, Sabrina, you were like, so Shakespearean, you know, there's there's still a lot of death. There's still mm-hmm. a lot of heartache and hardship. And there's a lot of real world atrocities that were happening that aren't less than what is described in the lore. But the lore was put together to basically create this curse, you know. But I'm going to tell you a little bit more about some of the facts so that we can swap those out for what I just told you. So to start, Rochelle, he wasn't a struggling artist. You know, he wasn't someone who'd never sold any music before. In fact, he was pretty successful. He was considered an expert composer. Magazines wrote about him. He'd sold like 100 pieces of music at that point. So he he was totally successful. He wasn't just like sitting on his hands being like, I'm quitting. It's clear people like an underdog story. And totally. so the, that narrative was switched a little bit. The song also was not banned. I know I said this a little bit earlier, but it basically wasn't really banned most places. Oh. It was just discouraged from being played uh, because there was so much legend growing around it. So they basically didn't want everyone to seek it out as a suicide cursed right. song because that's kind and of perpetuate what it. started. Yeah, yeah exactly. And also BBC, they did place a ban specifically on Billie Holiday's version because it was World War II and they did not want a song with such haunting lyrics to lower the morale of the troops and everyone who were experiencing a war, a world war. Yeah. Some of the people named who had died, and I didn't include people's names earlier in the lore piece because I just, I mean, some of them I did because those were a little bit more factual. Yeah. But for the most part, when I was listing how people died, I didn't want to say people's names because I didn't want to say an incorrect version of their death. But there are newspaper articles that you can look at, and some of the people are named, and the claims of them holding sheet music or with their gloomy Sunday records set in their gramophones are mostly exaggerations. However, there were still a number of deaths, and some of those people included that were tied to the Gloomy Sunday song. So again, it didn't necessarily come of Gloomy Sunday, but I think maybe because that was the lore around it. Mm -hmm. But some people sought it out, and that was reported in the news, and that only just perpetuated the story more and more and more. Right. So did hundreds of people die while listening to the song? No. Did some people? Yes. Rochelle did die by suicide, but some 30 years later, and as a Jewish man, he had been forced by the Nazis into a concentration camp during World War II. Oh, geez. I mean, we can, I don't have to the fill in horrors. the gaps of what happened to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he Ugh. lost a kidney while he was there, too, from being attacked. Oh, my gosh. By guards. He survived. Thank God. The war ended and he was able to return home. And when he did, he found that his wife had married someone else. So that broke his heart. His home country of Hungary became a communist country. And just everything started to kind of shatter in his world. Everything was feeling really heavy and dark. And and he just didn't really know where his home was, what felt like home anymore. So he had experienced the war, he'd experienced heartbreak, he'd experienced the concentration camp. So heartbreaking. And actually it's said that Rochelle's song that he first wrote was really about the concentration camp. And his mom had also been in a concentration camp in Ukraine. So likely that song was kind of like him talking to her, like the... And trying to process that trauma. Totally. Which is like, this is the part where I'm like, did we even need the lore of this song because the reality is it's just as dark already as yeah it's so so dark yes it's not just that he found that his lover had passed like it is it is everything it's a million things stacked onto this guy so, so he did eventually reconcile with his wife but even so after all of these traumas that he went through he wasn't able to get himself out of this depression and he had multiple attempts throughout his life um, and one of the very last ones, he did jump from his balcony. So that was factual, but he survived the landing. He broke bones. Uh, but in his 
recovery while being treated at the hospital, he died by taking the wire that was propping up his cast and fashioning it to prevent him from being able to breathe. And he Aww. passed away. That's so... <laughs> I mean, that word yeah. so sad. I know. I told you yesterday, I was like, by the way, what I'm doing tomorrow is super depressing. <laughs> but sometimes well, I just feel like I need to talk about it. Yeah. And, and I think also, you know, these thoughts are real and they're isolating and they're consuming. And hopefully in talking about this, People understand and know that they're not alone. I've been there. Yeah. It's really, really hard. I I went to trauma treatment. Like, you know, so I get it. And I just hope everyone knows we love you. You are loved. You are important. Yes, you are. So in 1997, the rumors of this song being cursed kind of resurfaced a little bit because Billy McKenzie covered the song and he too died by suicide. And apparently he had said, and I have no idea if this is factual or not, but apparently he said that severe nightmares came with listening to this song. And this contributed even more to the superstition and people began to believe that maybe the song now included some subliminal messages too. You know, like that was the time, 70s, 80s, 90s, rock and roll and and everything like that. That's the time when everyone was like, are there messages being in our television commercials, and our songs, you know, like... Plus satanic panic. Totally, totally. And so that, I mean, that kind of in, one thing informed the other. Yeah. And people started to wonder if if they would, by listening to the song again, would they be put into a trance that would lead them into the dark? So while what happened is absolutely horrendous and many people lost their lives, we have to recognize what was going on in history at this point in time. The song came out during the Great Depression. People were in poverty. They were experiencing famine. Many people lost everything. We were coming off of a world war, entering another. Suicide numbers across several nations were at an all-time high already before this song ever came out. Hungary specifically had one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Oh, geez. And at this time had the highest suicide rate in the world. Right. So it existed before. It existed before. The release of this song did not change this statistic. To quote thefactscology.com, the author wrote in this article, and I just think they they put it really nicely, so I wasn't even going to change what they wrote. Gloomy Sunday did not cause the deaths, but instead the song was easier to blame instead of the more complex socio-political factors that appeared unsolvable. Right. And that is the curse of Gloomy Sunday. But I do want to end really quick yeah, on a little bit more of a positive song. And that is the artist Logic put out an anti-suicide song in 2017 Aww. named after the suicide prevention number in America. So the song is called 1-800-273-8255. And following performances of his song, the number of calls to the hotline increased by 5%. And after his VMA's performance and his 2018 Grammy's performance, suicide rates among 10 to 19-year-olds dropped 5.5%. So music is powerful and it can have a real positive impact. And remember that when you're choosing the songs to listen to, especially when you're feeling down. Yeah. Oh, can, do you have the lyrics for that song? No, but it the, it goes like, I don't want to die today. I don't want to die. I just want to feel alive. You know that one? Um, no, but... Everyone listen to it after this, okay? Okay. And if you or someone you know is contemplating suicide, you can find help at the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Call or text 988 if you are in the U.S., And also please find our show notes below for additional resources like the number in the United Kingdom, the Trevor Project Lifeline for people in the LGBTQ plus community, and a variety of other links that will show you where to go depending on your situation. Yeah, there is support out there for you. Yes. Wow. 
Well, I know it's hard to, where do we go from here? Yeah. Where do we go? I think it's a reminder that even when there's a curse and when there's something paranormal, oftentimes we feel like it's never ending, right? Where it's like, how will we survive this haunted house? How will this hex ever be lifted? Stuff like that. And this is just a reminder that bad things do happen in the world, but there's a lot of good that comes after it. And so Mm -hmm. you have to wait for tomorrow because tomorrow will come and it will be better. Yes. And speaking as people who have experienced or believed to have experienced curses, (laughs) we believe it's been lifted. And then I'll speak, you know, I I mentioned this briefly, but speaking from my own experience, I have been in some really, really low places. And while I'm still working on myself and continuing to grow and, you know, there are moments where I fall back into those lower moments, I have seen a much brighter side of things. I'm on the up and up. Yes. On the up and up. And yeah, we totally understand that it's a it's a hard thing to hear and to believe when you're in that low place because you do feel like everyone's just saying this to me, like they don't actually understand, they're lying, they're they don't it's inauthentic. I know that what I feel to be true is is the best choice and it's it's just not it's your brain tricking you. It's your brain yeah. tricking you. Brain is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you, Corinne, for giving resources and yeah. for sharing this. It is, despite how depressing and sad it is, it's such an intriguing story and a very intriguing look into what we as a society do to try to yeah. explain things that seem so beyond our explanation or understanding. Totally. I also just wanted to cover it, I think, too, because I'd seen it a few times on TikTok, on YouTube, on various clips that kind of use it as this sort of salacious clickbait story, like, this song could kill you, like, you know, and there's just so much more into it. And I just feel, I just felt like I had to actually do the research and tell people what was really going on. Thank you, Corinne. I have a story from our listener, Joe, and it is called Ghost Club Co-President Circa 1992. Hi, ladies. The name is Joe. Longtime listener, first-time emailer. I have, like you, been into all things spooky from early childhood into my now 41st year. Finding your podcast makes me feel connected to my roots. I want to use my age and experience to recommend a Disney live action movie from 1982 called The Watcher in the Woods. If you know, you know, maybe find it on YouTube. Disney Plus has not added it yet, which is a travesty. So on to my experience. I was the co-president of our little ghost club with my then best friend in in late middle school, early 90s, definitely in homage to the Midnight Society in Are You Afraid of the Dark? But pre The Craft. When it came out, it felt like our movie. So we would light red and black candles and hold crystals, journals, and tell stories, have seances, listen to the wind for signs. It was in the spring or summer, so we would stay outside to avoid parents happening upon our creepy group. We slowly indoctrinated many other like-minded friends into our club. This is so cool. Mm Mm-hmm. I love this for you, Joe. And I wish you inducted us into the club. Well, is it too late? Let's do it now. I don't know. And we ended up with four total, but we ended up bringing in some negative energy when we invited Crystal, name changed, as our fourth. Because our conversations and rituals started to get dark. We started complaining about bullies and bullying, and Crystal called out a neighborhood bully she wished would get out of her life. He was an older boy, a friend of my brother's, and he was really rough and emotionally abusive. We were in the middle of a ritual one meeting and Crystal pops in with something like, I'm making a curse and sending it to the wind to make Billy Green, name also changed, disappear from my life. He is nothing to me. He is dead to me. We all stopped and stared at her. And she looked at me with conviction and said she wasn't sorry for what she said. I looked at my co-president and we quickly ended the meeting, dispersing back to our homes. I got a weird feeling about it when I saw my brother, but I never told anyone. A feeling like I was used for something unnatural, if that makes sense. 
A very short time later, my child mind would probably say the next day, but I cannot confirm this. My parents were talking to my brother about something, and I came into the room and overheard that his friend, Billy Green, had suddenly died. <gasps> no. My parents saw me catching the news and caved, came to give me a hug, and eventually they told us how he died. It wasn't clear, as it was told from a friend of the family who said it was a rare blood disease. There would be no public funeral, only a private, immediate family one. I called my best friend, told her, and I feel like we quickly hung up saying, coincidence, it had to be, etc. I never told my brother or parents, as I know it would be insensitive and dismissed outright. I only wanted to give my brother support in his grief. At the next opportunity to meet with the ghost club, I recall we sat in silence until Crystal came. And we again repeated, it had to be a coincidence, just had to be. She just sat there quiet, then jumped up and said, I'm done and left. We disbanded as a group soon after that, though after the craft came out, my best friend and I were obsessed. So we just stuck to the two of us lighting candles and burning herbs to stay safe. We never talked about it with Crystal again. She seemed okay and never reached back out about it or ever asked to hang out other than in bigger groups for sports and parties. We all parted ways organically when we moved into high school. In later years, and even recently, I've brought up my ghost club to people when talking about my interests in all things spooky, and even to this day, even writing this now, that long dormant feeling of feeling like I was being used by something comes back up. I don't talk with my old best friend much, but I always wonder about Crystal's inner mind and what more could have happened. Thanks for your service. This podcast is so prolific and satisfying. I will send a short ghost cat experience in the next email. See you on the other side, ladies. Joe. Whoa. I mean, this feels like the craft. It it totally is, where it's like the group is split between people who are down to pull from the dark and wish poorly of others and do some real harm. And those who were interested in magic, not for the power or the benefit of themselves, but just to practice it and feel in tune and to do good things or fun things. Yeah. So holy crap, they like truly lived it. But this is so horrifying. And it's it's so so scary because it does make you think about the power of certain people and their words and what that can do. And the wrong person pulls from the wrong energy and suddenly coincidence or not, what if, what is that? I don't know. Someone, that's not thunder. That's someone like banging on a drum. It's not a drum, but I don't know. God. What is happening today? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's just also spooky and horrific. Speaking of power of the brain and and words and just its intention, right? This story, I mean, Crystal, it sounds like had bad intention. And we read a story recently where the grandmother was with the granddaughter and was so in awe and in love and was just like, I could squeeze you. And it made the baby sick because it was just this strong energy of, love and so even if it was coming from like a good place it's it's the words it's the the power it's like there's something is listen you have to be extremely specific it reminds me of that one teacher on tiktok who challenged everyone to to basically with their words describe how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and she would basically find all the all the parts that they were missing so if you said like open up the container or like open up the sleeve of bread. She would like grab the middle of the bread and like rip it open, the plastic, because she's like, you weren't specific enough. So you'd have to be like, find the edge with the plastic tie. Undo the tie. Place the tie down on the counter. Go back to that same spot. Open up the plastic with your hands, like pulling apart with like very specific. And that's how it makes me feel with this, where it's like, you say, I want someone out of my life. I'm upset with them. I hope something bad, they get karma for what they did to me. What if that is death? Because you didn't specify, I just don't want to ever have to engage with this person. Right. Ugh. You never know who's listening, what's listening, and what they'll read between the lines that you have. Of all the grace, there's so much gray space. 
You know? I will say though, Joe, I hope that you don't take upon or take on any of that as guilt or your responsibility because you were young and it, they weren't your words. It was someone else. Yeah. And your intention was never to harm. So I hope that that isn't something you continue no. to feel and live with. And let's take a lesson from the craft, which is that person who wishes to do poorly on towards someone is going to do it whether you're in the room or not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, totally. Well, I at least have one must watch on my list and that is The Watcher in the Woods because I have never Yeah, I've never heard of it. Okay, let's watch it and talk about it. Okay, perfect. Movie movie club. Ghost club, club, book club, movie club. (laughs) Thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you, Joe, for sending us your story. If you also have a paranormal encounter or a spooky story of any kind, please email it to us at twogirlsongoespodcast at gmail.com. And then join us for Campfire Stories every Tuesday on Patreon, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. And come to our live shows. Woo! The link is in the show notes. Yes. So check that out. We really hope to see you. Yeah, we do. And we can't freaking wait. Thank you guys for all you've done to support us, all the various ways that you've shown your love towards us. We really appreciate it and we're absorbing it and we're trying to send it right back to you. And we will see you on the other other side. side.